Hey everybody and welcome or welcome back to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. My name's Tim, I'm part of the Limitless team and I am your host for the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Now, I wanted to let you know that we recorded this episode before these troubled times became quite so troubled uh, in that it was before the lockdown, before social distancing became part of our lives. But it turns out to have been a really, really relevant episode in that it's all about social media. A few weeks ago, uh, our youth ministries moved on t- entirely online, didn't they? Through messaging apps and live streaming and our socials and, of course, video conferencing as well. Uh, and I wanted to say, however you're getting on with that, keep going. You know, uh, we've been struggling in my youth group in some ways. Loads of youth leaders that I've been chatting to have been having difficulties with that, as well as experiencing some joys along the way. So I wanted to say to you, whether it's going really, really well, or whether you're finding finding it really challenging to keep connected with your young people, please keep going and don't give up. It's so important that we're there for our young people right now. You're doing a wonderful thing. Anyway, enough from me. Let's get on with the episode. Enjoy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Limitless Leadership Podcast. This is going to be a really interesting episode because I'm here with Joel Harris. Hi, Joel. Hello, mate. How are you? Very well. And now, now Joel and I have only just met. <laughs> Literally an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. But Joel's story is so fascinating, and I think what he's doing, which we'll explore over the next couple of episodes, is so fascinating that I thought, Joel, we've got to do a podcast. So thank you for being willing to do that at last minute, Thank Joel. you for having me, mate. So, Joel, let, let, let's uh, let's put listeners out of the misery. Let, why don't you introduce yourself? Who are you? How old are you? What is it that you're doing now? And then we'll get into a little bit of your story, how you got here. Awesome. My name's Joe Harris. I'm 19 years old and I work for Kintsugi Hope. I interned them for this year. Um, I look after the youth side of the whole charity and that's looking at mental health and well-being and how we can look after the teenagers' well-being. So we're going to be having that conversation in the next episode of the Limitless Leadership Podcast, which is going to be a, a, a really key episode because all of us in youth ministry are dealing with that with our young people um, who are engaging with challenges with their own mental health. So that's going to be a really helpful episode. Um, But in this episode, we're going to be talking more about media, social media, YouTube in particular, because that's been a really uh, important part of your story, hasn't it, Joel? So, 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 So take us back, tell us how you got into YouTube and tell us a little bit about your story. And then we're going to find out where you've landed with that and how that's going to help us as youth leaders. So so, so take us back, Joel. Tell us a little bit of, of awesome. your story. Um, so when I was 14, like most 14-year-olds, they decided to start YouTube. Um, and my story from then, before then, was I am severely dyslexic. I was bullied all through primary school and I never really fitted in in school. So I was like, oh, I can do YouTube. I've seen people be famous on YouTube. That means I'm going to be known. So I started YouTube. And it was steady for a while, and it grew um, very well. And by but Joe, the- let me just, sorry for interrupting, no, course, because I'm going to let you keep going, but I, I think what you said there is really interesting. The reason that you started YouTube, mm. and you said, was because you wanted to be famous. You yes. wanted to be known. What, yeah. Why, though? What, what was it about being known that you felt would fulfil you? I think at that point, it was, it was painting the picture of being famous is everyone likes you, everyone accepts you, everyone knows your name, and you're happy. Yeah. So I think it was that, the longing to be known, the longing to be accepted and loved and to be happy. So that was the reason that you got into YouTube. And what, what, what sort of stuff did you start producing up in those early days yeah. up front? 
So at the start, it was vlogs, chatting to the camera, funny, um, funny little um, games, doing challenges with my brother, playing around with my mates, like those kind of like funny little things, chatting to the camera, ranting about life. Um, one of my early, my first video was still up. I've taken quite a few of the really old ones down, but one of them was me chatting about how I'd broken my arm in drama class, like those kind of things. Yeah, so just, just kind of messing around, yeah. a little look into your life, just you being you on yeah, the camera. Yeah, me being me, yeah. And it slow start, but it started to build. Yeah, so it started to build, and by the age of 16, I was invited to a free meet and greet in Leicester Square, London. And this was, looking back at the time, there was about 30 old YouTubers who literally didn't really, weren't known at all, yeah. meeting in one place and then a few fans. And what would happen was everyone would come to you, be like, oh, I watch your videos. Like, I'm, I'm your biggest fan. And they don't even follow you. Like, they didn't know who you were, but they right, just like okay. the hype. So I did that and I got to know this circuit of um, events. And I started doing these events where we'd host and we'd have people who used to be on the X Factor, up and coming singers, and I would be the host, I'd start presenting them, and then we'd have a meet and greet afterwards with the fans. And that took off, and for about two years, I was doing that around the country, really. Yeah, wow. Uh, so what, So that, that was live, not on yeah, YouTube? Yeah, so that was live, yeah. So I did okay. li live events. Um, yeah, so it was, for me, my job was to host, so I was just making sure everything, get, taking people on, taking people off, making the crowd happy and yeah. comfortable. Yeah, okay, so you did that for a couple of years. Yeah. And then as a result of that or in tandem with that, did your YouTube channel then kind of grow mm. and your subscribers and all of that? Yeah, so my YouTube grew and then I moved from YouTube to Instagram and that started to grow a lot more. I know in my um, GCSE year that grew a lot. Um, ended up getting about 20,000 followers altogether on that. And then a couple thousand on YouTube and then 7,000 on Twitter. So I started to get create this semi-micro-influencer platform. But in the circuit industry, what I was in, I was just becoming the host of every single event. So I was getting to right. the top of that circuit, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So there were these two kind of related but different things happening yeah. at, at, at the same time. Okay, really interesting. So you said you had about 2,000 subscribers yes. on your, your YouTube, yeah. about 20,000 on Instagram. Yeah. What, what kind of content were you putting out on, on Instagram? So Instagram was me. It was me being very vain, me um, <laughs> doing loads of brand deals, so doing a lot of stuff around fashion. Yeah. Um, so doing a lot of clothing stuff and... All of that. So, so when, when you say brand deals, for mm. maybe if us, some of our listeners aren't familiar with no, what course. that is and how that works yeah. on Instagram, f fill us in. So brands will come to you and go, it normally, it normally went with my size is, we've got clothes, we'll send you a load of clothes if you post them. So mm. I ended up receiving probably a parcel a week of items of clothing. Yeah. And all I had to do was just post them on my Instagram. Yeah. For yeah. It. So it worked like that. So were you, were you loving that? Because it's like getting all this free gear? Mate, or? It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like it was so good because I didn't have to spend any money on my wardrobe. What was a massive win for me and my parents loved it. Yeah, yeah. So talk to me about, so so you, you, you're rising to the, the top of, of, of this circuit where you're hosting all of these like shows. You're getting all of these followers on Instagram. And when we chatted earlier over lunch, Joel, you were telling me about how your sense of personal identity and worth began to get intertwined with those things and hooked into those things. Mm. So, 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 so what happened there and, and, and how did it happen? Um, the way I explained it was I quickly created social media as my job and I quickly, in my mindset, that was my job, that was what I was working towards. Um, school became a back foot yeah. for me. And how I try and explain it to people is 
Imagine you're going to work and you get paid not by the amount of work you do, not by how good your work is, but if your co-workers like you, by how much mm. your co-workers like you. Yeah. And once you kind of understand that, then you start to realise that's how your whole identity becomes what it is. So for me, my identity and my happiness a lot of the time would be if I got a thousand likes, if I got two thousand likes, if I got followers, if people come up to me in events, if I got asked to do events. So my whole identity was controlled by other people yeah. without them even knowing it. Yeah. Wow. And as you're describing that, Joel, I can't help but thinking about how, and maybe we'll touch on this a little more in the next episode, but how that is the world for so many of the young people that we're serving and we're, we're working with because even those kinds of activities that, that used to be restorative, mm. you know, like, you know, I don't know, sports or mm. or shopping for bargains or or sewing, or, you know, or anything really have now become like a competition by which you're scored and ranked mm. according to the number of likes that you get. And so, yeah. it's, so it's easy to see how how we can so so quickly hook our identity in, into those things. Not to mm. mention that the addictive qualities of, of that and the dopamine hit that yeah. we get every time that we get a like yeah. or a positive comment. And so, it, we, you know, we, we're compelled to mm. post again and, and repeat those behaviours that that we know will get us likes. Did you, did you find yourself, Joel, can, can I ask you, did you find yourself posting things and sharing things uh, not because they were necessarily on your heart or oh, yeah. because you wanted to share them, but you, you, you posted the things that you knew would were likely to get you the most likes and comments. Oh, yeah. When you get into the game, you understand what gets like, likes and what doesn't get likes. Yeah. So I knew exactly what would get likes. I knew, for example, on Instagram, I knew if I went into a change room and did a picture in the mirror with a good outfit, I knew that would get a lot of likes. But I knew if I shared photos with my friends, what I would prefer to do, that would get half the amount of likes interesting so you know yeah. straight away what gets likes so you and, start and did realize, you start playing to well oh, I, I won't do the things oh, yeah, oh, I'm, no, going yeah, oh, the yeah, you, I'm going for the likes oh yeah, yeah you get into the mindset of okay you go for the likes and I think yeah. for some people that helps some people don't really get the industry when we see these extreme YouTubers and you see these um, newspaper articles of them doing ridiculous things and, and you go why on earth do they do that yeah. It's because they know they get caught up in okay, I can get these likes if I do this. Yeah. And it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And and how did you deal with the cuz you you know, you, you said you it, I know it's kind of uh, kind of corny language, but you said you became like a kind of an influencer mm. in that sense through yeah. what you were doing with the hosting through what you were doing with with Instagram, YouTube. How did you deal with the admiration? Mm. How you, you you got into to, to the game as you described it mm. because you wanted to get known and you can't you did that yeah how did you deal with that how did you people how did you deal with people you didn't know knowing your name coming up to you ah oh, watch your videos and mm. you know uh, how how did that feel being a teenager and having the admiration of people who are, I guess similar age to you yeah did, I, did 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 that feel good did that feel hard did you did you did you love it did you hate it how was it um honestly the um, if you, it it was really cool for my people of my age. I was like, this is what I wanted, and yeah. because um, in my school, because I got bullied in primary school, I went into high school, not wanting to be known. Yeah. yeah. So I was this quiet little kid in high school. Yeah. But then outside of school, I was 
this person. Yeah. So for me, it was like, oh, finally I can be known. Yeah. And finally people get to know my name. But um, so for a season, I think looking back on, I did get a bit cocky with all of it. Like, yeah. oh, I'm... Um, look at me, but my friends and my family, and my parents especially, and my brothers and sisters wouldn't let that happen at all if yeah. that made sense. So yeah. I think it definitely went to my head, but didn't go to my head on such an extreme level, if that makes so sense. you just said, I'm I'm this person. Did, did you find like that you were that you were projecting an image of yourself through YouTube and through Insta oh. that was, wasn't who you really are? Yeah, so I think when I look back on all of the content I created, I can point out every single time what YouTuber I was trying to be. Okay, yeah. So I can go through my all the years and go, okay, I was trying to be like him. Yeah. Oh, that video, I'd seen that video, I knew that was successful, so I tried to be like him. Wow. So I can point out different characters of me who are trying to be someone else. Mm. And I think a lot of the time with teenagers and social media, it's them wanting to be known, it's them wanting to be accepted. Yeah. So they're looking okay, who is accepted and trying to copy them. Yeah, wow. Okay, so Joel, let's get into what has changed for you mm. and, and, and how it changed and what your use of uh, social and YouTube and Instagram looks like looks like yeah, now. Yeah, of course. So about two years ago now, um, I felt good telling me, you've got to do it for me, Joel. Yeah. You've got to do it. This is just promoting yourself. Because you've been granted this influence. Yeah, like yeah. This, this, this voice, is, this platform. Yeah, this has been promoting yourself. And I never shied away from my faith, but it was never the biggest part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I went, no good, I'm not a good enough Christian. Wow. So me and God played tug of war for about five, <laughs> six months on my show, social media. And then got to the stage where I went, okay, if you want this, slam the door on it so hard it hurts. And in the space of a month, I think it was, or two months, I went from 2,000 likes to 100 likes. And that's impossible. I know the algorithm, that never happens. Wow. It's like, okay, God, it hurts. Like, you did, you did shut that door. Yeah. So I took some time off, and now I've decided what is the purpose of what I'm posting. And if it's either, if it's either not to promote God, if it's either, it's either it has to be to promote God or to show my friends and show my life. It's yeah. not those two things I'm not posting anymore. So you've got a filter yeah. that you use for your content. Yeah. And I, so some of the time I will delete some, I'll post something and then a few minutes later I'll be like, Joe, where's your heart in that? And I'll yeah, take yeah. it away. So yeah. now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to create a space where I can explain Christianity and explain faith to people of belief and of non-belief and do it in a way where they recognise it and understand it. So I still post on my fashion stuff sometimes because that's part of me. Yeah. So yeah. I've decided I want to be someone who shares the gospel but I don't want to be that weird Christian online. Yeah. Like I want non-Christians to be like, oh, he just did that cinematic video of New York. That was yeah. sick. Yeah. Oh, he's also done good stuff, so he's not that weirdo Christian. If that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it makes so sense. Like I'm trying to be someone who is who people can relate to, but also there's a difference in me because I want to live countercultural. Yeah, yeah. Totally get it, and it's amazing. You, you you spoke about how um, when you started doing that, the kind of number of followers, likes, views disintegrated. Yeah. You, you told me earlier when we were chatting over lunch by about 70%, yes, it did, yeah. almost overnight. Yeah. How did that affect you personally at that time? How Did, mm. did you feel bad about yourself because of that? Or had you at that point got to a stage where, where your identity was no longer rooted yeah. in it? 
And if you did, how did you get to that stage? So, yeah, so at that point, I think I was out of that being my identity because it happened. It used to happen all the time. I used to know when I was having good days or bad days through my likes and followers. So I had to, um, each time, whenever that happened, I had to take a, take a step back, uh, delete my social media for a day, take a step back, reevaluate my life, reevaluate what my purpose is, where my identity is. So now I just do a few things. I don't look at my likes at all. I don't, I couldn't tell you in, in the past four or five months what my likes have got wow. at all. So I very hard try not to look at my like because I know it's not good for me. Yeah. Um, that's the first thing that I do a lot of the time. And secondly, when I changed, I really gave up to God. I decided, okay, this is not for me anymore. So it's not mine. So I'm trying not to worry about it. Yeah. And what I try and do is I try and take breaks when I can off social media because that also really helps me. How often do you do that? Because that's something um, I do too. I know, yeah. yeah. In theory... I would like to, when I whenever I go on holiday, I like to delete it. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does work. It also depends on where my life is at the moment and how what's going on in my life. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I. I yeah. I. I found like I've had to mm. boundary like quite tightly actually my like use of social media. Maybe it's because I'm an older generation to yeah. use job, but I. So I'll hour before I go to bed. Yeah. Won't use it. 24 hours a week I have a social media Sabbath which I just find is like mm. enriching for my soul and then you know when I'm on holiday yeah. I'm, pr- I'm I'm kind of phoneless on mm. holiday as well completely because um, it's just like this it, it feels like it's this kind of pull in your pocket it's almost impossible mm. to resist yeah it's the nature of how it's designed is it how notifications are designed how apps are designed to you know to keep you scrolling to keep mm. you engaged like your attention is how they make their money isn't it so, yeah um you, you, i think you have to be quite disciplined mm. to resist that Definitely. have you have you have you found that has it taken like a like an intentional fight to kind of not be completely consumed by it or has it felt like quite natural to you? I know it's definitely a fight. It's yeah. definitely a fight on what I consume. Another thing on that is I, when I switched all my stuff, I went for my followers and I just made sure who I was following. Yeah. Because for me it was like, okay, this is what I'm consuming. Yeah. And I wanted to weigh up is, is what I'm consuming about God and about not God? What's the percentage? Yeah. I think it's a really good practical thing in everyone's consumption of what we all do is when you look at your life, what percentage are you consuming Christian stuff and God stuff mm. to what percentage are you consuming worldly stuff and earthly stuff? What, it, what isn't bad, Yeah. but it doesn't fit the same morals. Sometimes yeah. for me, it's about reevaluating my percentages, if mm. that makes sense. So I made yeah. sure who I was following and what I was following, if that made sense. Yeah. I'm just thinking about whatever is good, whatever is noble, mm. whatever yeah. is pure, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever is excellent. Think about these mm. things. Yeah. Yeah. So important, isn't it? All right. I, I want to ask you two questions for application awesome. for the youth leaders listening yeah. before we wrap up this episode. Um, at, at, and the first is a pastoral question. Mm. So um, for every youth leader listening they will recognize some of what you've said probably on a much smaller yeah. scale in terms of the number yeah. of likes 
but the, the same principles at work in the lives of their young people where they are posting the stuff that they know is going to get them the most likes mm. as you described where their identity is hooked into mm. their to their social channels and who's engaging with them and, and how many likes they're getting and that kind of stuff how would you advise the youth leader listening to pastor that young person to journey with that young person who who they maybe know is like consumed by their their social channels and finds their worth in it how would you advise the youth leader to journey with that young person yeah of course it's a big question i think first of is don't be the enemy of social media so don't tell them all the time get off social media don't do this get off your phone stop doing that because we won't listen to you yeah. you'll just think you're an old bat like, yeah. what, like <laughs> you don't know what you're chatting about like do you mean so we won't we won't listen to you at all so it's for me it's about understanding where they're at so what I try and do a lot of the time with my youth is I want to know what's going on in social media and because of my job I kind of do Yeah. so I can relate to people so when we, when we got new like the other week we had a wake over and we brought some there's some new people there who weren't Christians so I was talking about TikTok and we were doing TikTok yeah. dances yeah. because I can relate to them yeah. on that Yeah. so for pastoral wise is I think it's one helping them understand is this Asking the questions, is this helpful? Is this, is what you're doing, why are you doing it? Ask them the reasons for it. Get those questions thinking in their own heads. So it's, it's helping them to yeah, reflect on those things them. for themselves. They need, yeah. you, teenagers need to realise it themselves if they want to change, I yeah, think. Yeah. That's the first thing. I think, secondly, what's really important is showing them good influences on social media. Great. So, for example, The Way in the UK, there are um, two people who are Christian and they do amazing teenage content. Kirby is a boss, is another one. She's an American who does incredible content. Um, if you go to those, Montel Fish is another one. Those three, if you look at those three accounts, and there'll be more accounts who go through that. Um, those three are really good at people who are funny or normal, who you could get your teenagers to start looking at, who are actually being good influencers. Yeah, yeah. So I think... It's about understanding that we can't fight social media and we shouldn't fight social media because it's not going to work. But I think the two things is, one, asking those questions to them ask to make them start to think about, okay, what's actually going on in my head? What, is actually, what am I actually doing? And why am I doing it? And the second, um, second one is show them good influencers who they could follow, who they could yeah. kind of get yeah. to look after. And the third one is, yeah, it's don't fight it. It's accept it understand that yeah. this is who they are and this yeah. is the culture they've brought up in. And, and it's more than that isn't it it's it's actually um if you were a missionary to a foreign country mm. one of the first things that you would try to do is learn the language yeah, of the people yeah, right definitely. so so for for gen z and mm. you know now gen alpha coming through um social media it's kind of a native language right yeah so if we want to be cultural missionaries to this mm. generation as youth workers then it's about it might sometimes feel like a second language mm. for people who are 35 like me um but it's about learning to be able to speak yeah. that language and so that, that therefore we can relate and communicate the gospel relevantly yeah definitely joel just for the sake of people who are listening to this while driving their car or running and so they're not making notes tell, tell us those three accounts again that of they can course. check out the way kirby is a boss and Montel Fish. Okay, so that's a good place for us to yeah, start. Yeah, a good place okay. to start. Fantastic, fantastic. The second question then for application that I wanted to ask you before we wrap this episode up is, how would, how can we as youth leaders and uh, youth ministries and as people helping our young people, how can we utilize social media and YouTube in particular 
as an opportunity for the gospel? What are some of the keys for doing that? What are some mm. of the pitfalls that we should avoid, some things we shouldn't do? And what are some of the opportunities that, that social media presents to us as a means by which we can communicate yeah, God and communicate the gospel? I think someone said it to me, like I've read a book somewhere that said it like this, was about 50 years ago, you could walk into a teenager's room and you see the posters on the wall and you see their room and you can tell who they want to be, who they idolise, what their morals are, and who they love through the posters. The, the bands, the movies, yeah. you can understand it. Now your social media is your bedroom wall. Yeah. So what I'd go to anyone listening is look at your social media. What are you reflecting? Yeah. Are you reflecting a lifestyle that's living for God? Yeah. Are you reflecting your Christian? Are you reflecting who you are? Are you reflecting who you actually are? Are you trying to live up to something else? Yeah. So for me, I think if we truly be ourselves on social media and we're Christian, there's no way we won't talk about God. Do you mean we'll have to, we will talk about God because that's who we are? Yeah, excellent. So I think excellent. Look at your social media. Is that actually reflecting who you are? And if not, make a change so it is reflecting who you are. Be yeah. completely honest. I think we're, so good. we're called to be countercultural. Yeah. As Christians, we are different, but are we different on social media as well? Yeah. And the second thing is, don't argue don't fight back <laughs> have you ever seen a christian fight back to something on social media to a comment and made someone a believer do you mean <laughs> never, like never. has that ever gone has it ever helped <laughs> yeah. us at all apart from made a bad name for ourselves? i think it's upsetting because if you look on twitter on places the times you see people who are christians are when they're criticizing other people yeah you're so right what you're so, so right so i think it's just a no-go is Keep keep those negative thoughts to yourself because it's not yeah. that's not how you're going to win people yeah. for Jesus. And what about the youth leader or the young person who's thinking about creating their own YouTube mm. channel, uh, like some of the ones yeah. you mentioned earlier, as as a means by by which to share the gospel? Mm. What would you say are some of the things, you know, the, the things that you've learned about how to do that well, and 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 things that you definitely shouldn't do? Yeah, of course, definitely. For me, it's be yourself completely. Yes, yeah. most used phrase ever, but be yourself. Be honest and understand what your purpose is. Yeah. So if your purpose is to reach young people, yeah, then your videos aren't going to get thousands of views. They'll yeah. get fifty views because your young people are probably you've probably got probably got about thirty to fifty young people maybe. So know your purpose of what it is you're doing. So don't expect the millions. Expect what you're trying to achieve. So yeah. and a- and actually mm. be okay with that. Yeah. Because if you're creating content that your young people mm. in your youth ministry can access during the week yeah. and that's helping them in their discipleship journey yeah. but then that's a great that's thing incredible. to have done uh, yeah. yeah think of youtube as a tool not as the end game yeah like think of it as Very good. another way think of it as so you could sometimes send a text to your youth going hey how are you i've read this bible that says what i'm talking about it or you could create a video and send it to all of your youth yeah. that makes sense yeah so use it as a tool to help push your teenagers along in their faith right? yeah yeah that's just fantastic and fascinating and we could talk about this for many more hours i'm sure but we can't uh because you've got a train to catch (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so joel thank you so much thank you for leading the way actually on some of this and thank you for being an example for us and and um for being so honest about your story as well it's super helpful really fascinating joel just before we wrap this episode up tell us about um how people can connect with you and connect with kintsugi hope 
Uh, uh, and what's the best way for them yeah, to do that? Yeah, so Kasugi Hope is a wellbeing charity. We've created a six-week wellbeing course for you to run in your small groups for your teenagers. Um, to contact um, that and to find out more about that, go to kasugihope.com and just call us up in the office or send us an email and say it's for Joel and it'll get to me. To find out more about me and my social media um, is Joel Harris UK on everything. Okay. Yeah, I see what you've done there. You know what you're doing, though. You, <laughs> yeah. you know what you're doing. <laughs> All right, fantastic. So that's kintsugihope.com. Yeah. Kintsugihope.com. Go check that out. And uh, Joel, until next month, thank you so much awesome. for joining us thank on the Limitless me. Leadership Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in today and joining us on the Limitless Leadership Podcast. Hope you found that really helpful and inspiring and beneficial to where you're at in youth ministry right now. Hey, but thank you so much more for everything that you are doing to invest in the lives of young people where you are. You know, I cannot think of anything more important that you could give your life to than passing on the gospel to the next generation. So come on, keep going, even in lockdown, even online, keep going. What you're doing is so, so important. Love it if you could stay in touch with us on our social channels. We're at Limitless Elim across Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And if this content has been helpful to you, beneficial to you, why not share it with another youth leader who might benefit from it as well by sharing on your social channels, by uh, liking on iTunes. And if you haven't done yet, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Uh, I hope it's not too long before we can be together in person. But in the meantime, keep going, youth leader. You are brilliant and we are cheering you on. God bless. See you next time on the Limitless Leadership Podcast.